Today, we're continuing our new mailbag segment with some more real life scenarios to talk through. We're going to talk about what questions you should be asking potential employers regarding the type of malpractice coverage that they'll be offering you, how to find a more competitive policy option when you've had previous insurance lapse, and how to choose between occurrence and claims made coverage when you're a solo provider. Stay tuned. Welcome to Malpractice Insights, the show dedicated to helping healthcare professionals understand medical malpractice insurance and providing you with the solutions you need so that you can get back to the work of practicing good medicine. My name is Jennifer Wiggins, CEO of Aegis Malpractice Solutions, and I'm so glad you've joined us today. All right, let's jump in. Question number one today says... Hello, I am finishing up a fellowship program and I will be starting to interview with potential employers in the coming months. What do I need to ask about malpractice insurance in order to make sure that I'm covered appropriately? I've heard horror stories about tail insurance and groups settling cases without the doctor's okay. All right, so we've got somebody finishing up training and starting the interview process. So it's really important that you do think through these questions before you go in to start talking to potential employers because most of the time they will have a standard program and you're just gonna get wrapped into whatever insurance is already being provided to the doctors in that group. So you need to make sure you're asking a few different things. First, you want to ask who is the insurance company that they go with? What's the name of the company? You might want to do a little research on them to figure out how long have they been in business? Do they write everywhere or are they just a state-specific carrier? You might also want to just check on AM Best to see what their financial ratings are. The bottom line is you just want to make sure that it's a quality insurance company. And most of the time it is. I mean, a group isn't going to just have you with a subpar carrier, but you know, it's probably worth that research on your own just to make sure you're comfortable with who will be covering you going forward. So that's number one. Number two, you're going to want to ask what kind of policy they're going to put you on. So there's two different types of malpractice insurance. And if you've listened to to any of our episodes, you've heard us talk about this multiple times. There's occurrence coverage and there's claims made coverage. So I won't go into the details of those because there's plenty of shows you can go back and watch to learn about that. But you do need to know what type of policy they're going to be putting you on. If they're putting you on an occurrence policy, that's great. Occurrence coverage does not need any tail insurance. It'll cover you the entire time you're working for that group. And if and when you leave, there's nothing else for you to do. You can simply part ways and there's nothing else after that. But if they're going to give you a claims made policy, the most important thing for you to ask is regarding your tail insurance. So a claims made policy, once it's terminated, you have to secure a second policy and that's tail insurance, which covers you into the future for any claims that might still be reported against you for the patients that you treated for the time when you were working for that group. So tail insurance can be a really sticky point for groups. In fact, I know he mentioned in that question that he's heard horror stories about tail insurance in the past. So it is something you want to firm up up front. So if they tell you that they're going to offer you a claims made policy, what you need to ask is... 
who will be responsible for buying the tail insurance when you leave. And you have to get this in writing because I'm telling you, if you get an administrator that just verbally says, oh, we'll cover that for you. Well, if that administrator is not there whenever you leave down the road, there's nothing holding them to that arrangement. So again, ask the question, get the response in writing because you really need to make sure that you're protecting yourself because tail insurance can be really expensive. And if for some reason it's like an ugly parting of ways, that can be really, really bad. Um, so ask the question, just find out how it's going to be handled and make sure that it's documented for your own protection. So those are the first two things I would ask. The third thing that I would ask is also referenced in this question, and that is related to consent to settle. You need to know if you will have final say in how the claims are managed on your behalf. Meaning, if you get wrapped up into a claim with other providers that are also a part of this group, do you get to tell the defense attorney or the carrier whether or not you would like to settle a case? Because... Oftentimes, if you have no consent, doctors can get swept up into mass settlements just because groups want to put an issue to bed, and that's not necessarily in your best interest. So you need to make sure that you have consent because consent really gives you the final authority on how you want your claims to be resolved. Obviously, they're going to give you their opinion, and the carrier wants to do what's in your best interest as well, but if you're the one who's the first insured on the policy, you need to make sure that you're the one calling the shots. So make sure you get a policy that has pure consent to settle. And then the fourth thing that I would ask is just as it relates to the scope of your coverage. So most of the time when you join a practice, they will provide you with malpractice insurance, but you're only going to be covered for the work that you're doing for that group. Meaning if you want to do any volunteer work on the side, if you want to go work at the free clinic, or if you want to be the uh, doctor on call for your nephew's t-ball team, generally that stuff is not going to be covered because your malpractice insurance is limited to the scope and duty of what you're doing for your employer only. So ask that question as well to find out if the policy will only be covering you for the work that you do for the employer or if it will extend to anything else you might want to do on the side. So those would be the four most important things that I would suggest that you ask. We do have some other episodes on this topic. So if you want to go back and watch those, there may be a few other things you want to include in that discussion. But I would say those are probably the four most important things for you to go into an interview prepared to ask. All right. Question number two for today says... Last year, my malpractice insurance lapsed for non-payment. I was going through a difficult time personally, and I just missed the bill, so the policy canceled. I was able to find new insurance, but it's really expensive. Can I go back to my old company, or am I stuck paying this higher rate forever? Okay, so... This does happen from time to time, and it's really unfortunate. I mean, doctors are not only busy running their own practices, but, you know, personally stuff happens. You've got, you know, a death in the family or something significant happens with an illness or a divorce or something that just really makes things askew. So I totally understand if and when you let insurance lapse. The problem is when malpractice insurance lapse, it can be a really big deal because insurance carriers 
don't like it. It's a big exposure for them because you're essentially uninsured for the period of time that you're not covered. So if you had a policy lapse and then it's been like a month or two before you've been able to pick up new insurance, you're essentially exposed for those two months, which makes you a higher risk than another doctor might be. So the reason why this doctor's premium is a little bit higher is probably because the new insurance carrier thought that he was a higher risk than the average doctor because of the fact that he had a gapped period of time. So can you go back to your old company and try to get coverage again? Or what are your options in this example? So you probably could go back to your old company, but you may need to give it a year or two in order for them to pick you back up again. Carriers are very conservative. And so usually they want to see a track record of you kind of getting all of your ducks in a row again before they're going to be willing to bring you back on a standard rate. Now, it's not you can it's not like you can never go back most of the time you can you may just have to stick with the policy that you have which is unfortunately a little bit more expensive for another year or two and then you can probably reapply to go back to your old company but when that time comes i wouldn't just look at your old carrier i would absolutely use an agent and just shop the entire market because you never know you might be able to find a more cost effective solution with another company altogether so i would say stay put for at least a year or two, but do work with an agent because they can really help you keep an eye on the market and they can let you know if now is the right time for you to reapply with your old company or maybe make a switch to someone new. All right. Our last question for the day says, I am a solo dermatologist opening up my own practice in South Carolina later this year. I've been listening to your podcasts and I know that I should get quotes for both occurrence and claims made coverage. Occurrence feels like the more comfortable choice, but the practice consultant that I'm working with said that claims made is fine for me. What are your thoughts? Okay, so First of all, I would be very cautious taking any advice from anybody that is not a malpractice insurance agent or a broker or somebody who has done this before. Practice consultants are wonderful. In fact, we work with several practice consultants, and sometimes you will find some that really know what they're talking about. But I would be very cautious taking any advice related to the type of policy you should be buying from a practice consultant. Now, that being said, they might be right. In this example, claims made might be perfectly sufficient for this person, but I would absolutely get quotes for both occurrence and claims made. So we just did an episode like a week or two ago talking about self-employed physicians and how to pick the right policy type for that type of provider. So it really depends on a number of different factors. First of all, of course, you need to take a look at the price. So do get quotes for both occurrence and claims made and look at the long-term costs. So it's really important that you don't just look at the premium for your first year in practice because those numbers are going to look very, very different. Occurrence premiums are a little bit higher, but they're the same price every single year, whereas claims made premiums start really cheap, so they're very enticing your first few years in practice. But that price goes up little by little by little by little until it reaches that fifth year, which is the mature price. And at that point in time, the premium is pretty comparable to the occurrence rate. So do compare both but definitely look at the first five years worth of premiums so that you can truly look at your long-term costs. 
There are some other things to consider, especially as it relates to whether or not you want to mess with tail insurance. If the idea of tail insurance completely turns you off, then you probably want to go with an occurrence policy. But claims made policies are extremely popular with self-employed doctors or solo practitioners because you don't have an employer that's dictating your coverage. So essentially, you're just going to carry this policy until you don't need it anymore. And oftentimes for solo providers, this is like your dream career. So you've decided to open up your own practice. You're going to hire maybe a couple of uh, mid-levels to join you down the road, but you're going to do this until you retire. So claims made policies for self-employed physicians are really popular because you can just buy it and then carry it until you retire. And then once you retire, you can earn a free tail. Most malpractice carriers will give a free tail at retirement, and that saves you a ton of money because you're not going to have to buy tail insurance when you're done. So you can pay a little less because those are the premiums that step up, and then you could potentially not have to buy your own tail at all if you carry that policy all the way until you reach retirement age. So Lots of things to consider, but you definitely want to get quotes for both and you want to make sure you're talking to somebody that's really knowledgeable that can help you kind of compare not only the price differences, but the coverage differences as well. If you have any questions on these topics or you want to make sure that you're covered appropriately, click the link in the description box below where you can connect with us via phone, email, or chat today. And if you're listening, please visit us online at aegismalpractice.com. That's A-E-G-I-S malpractice.com. And don't forget to give us a like and please leave a review. And if you're interested in getting your question heard on the next mailbag episode, please click the link in our show notes where you can drop your question in. And who knows, it might be featured on our next episode. This is Jennifer Wiggins. Thanks for joining us.